This happens in my family all the time. My wife and I want Chinese, the kids want pizza, and everyone is craving Froyo. Fortunately, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos, or you can choose your favorite national chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, so just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code STAPLES. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code STAPLES. Don't forget, that's code STAPLES for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show preseason poll edition. Yes, it sounds normal. A preseason poll in August, except it's not. We're going to talk about the AP Top 25 poll that came out this week that includes teams that are not playing. And then when the next one comes out, there will not be any teams that are not playing. So to bring on someone to explain all this, this is not the person who runs the poll. Basically... Ralph Russo from the Associated Press is sort of like Kevin Warren in this situation. His bosses are the Big Ten presidents who have voted to postpone the season but will not publicly reveal their votes. Ralph is the guy they shove out in front of the camera to be the the voice of the operation. So, Ralph, welcome. And, yeah, I got to admit, though, I think I... I can definitely say I probably had, I may have even had more input on this decision than Warren had on his. We don't know exactly how much uh, input uh, Kevin Warren had, but no, they did ask me. My bosses certainly ask my opinion. uh, And I think they value my opinion about what we should do with the poll. And yeah, we came to a, I don't know, an odd decision to say, listen, in the preseason, Let's give people a look at what they are going to be missing, so to speak. Let's be let's put on record that here's what we thought this season might look like. And oh, by the way, you know, the other thing too is, Andy, you can probably appreciate this. Like we're we're storytellers, right? So the idea of of sort of giving a glimpse of what might be. Uh, or what could have been, I guess is probably the better way to phrase it, what could have been. This college football season is all is going to be all about like what has been lost and what could be salvaged. So as a storyteller, I thought it was an interesting vehicle to tell a story to say, hey, voters, vote as if everything is normal, and then we'll start dealing with the abnormalities once they start playing. Well, and, and I think of it like we, you and I have had this discussion before about the Associated Press poll, because it has been around so long and because it has been done fair in a fairly consistent fashion for so long, is one of the best historical records we have for the sport. And I like going through historical records, and I like when the historical record prompts a question that I need to ask. Like when I look at 1943 and see that there aren't a bunch of teams that I recognize – Right, and teams right. are playing, you know, Iowa pre-flight, yeah, Iowa pre-flight. <laughs> right. And 
And so that leads to better stories. They're like, okay, what, what is Iowa pre-flight? And if you go, you find out the history of that. It's fascinating. And so I'm thinking of this as someone maybe 50 years from now, when they go look at the, the Associated Press poll from this season and they see Ohio State at number two week one and then not in the poll anymore going forward, you go, oh, huh, what was that? 2020 college football season. Oh, there was a pandemic. And remember, 50 years from now, we're going to be dead. So <laughs> maybe somebody who is very young right now is going to go, yeah, that was the year of, uh, of COVID-19. But there will be people who weren't alive for it, who didn't un- understand. And so you will give them the, the, the prompt to ask the question of what the hell happened. And, but, it, you know, it, that doesn't change this week. People going, wait a second. A bunch of these teams aren't playing. Why are they in the poll? Now, I, I want to ask you this, Rob, because you, you've heard my rant. And I think most of our listeners have heard my rant on preseason polls, that they don't mean anything. The only reason we put them out is because listeners, readers, tweeters, Instagrammers, whoever, have an opinion on them and interact with them. And therefore, we know that they are engaged listeners, readers, Instagrammers, tweeters. And that's what we want is engagement. So that's why we keep giving it to them, even though it doesn't actually mean anything. Have you noticed a difference in the tone and tenor of the discussion around this particular poll? Oh, uh, without question. And I think it just goes in line with just the lead up to the season. Uh, you you work now. We don't, we don't track our numbers the same way the athletic does. You guys have great engagement numbers. Like you can really tell, like I had this many people read this story. It's a little more, um, it's a little more ambiguous with the AP in that, my my stories are going out to newspapers and magazines and members who are using them. So we can track that amount of usage, but maybe not the same level of engagement with actual readers. So without question, the poll has been reflective of what I, I, I suspect you are seeing within your own website, which is like people are not as like in tune to the 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 hype of the season we are two weeks away from a season right they're not at this point nobody's fired yeah. up that you pick clemson number one and not alabama number one it, it does not it, it's not landing the same way most of the interest was in why are you ranking these teams like you know that that was the thing that sort of caught most of the attention and quite frankly that was a good reason to do it I would say I would I would I would argue simply doing it and the fact that it caught people's attention was a good reason to do it. Um, but you're right. I, I the the normal debate that I would get within my Twitter timeline and you, where you just hear some chatter and even just radio stations reaching out to me. Right? Is it usually a very busy week for me as far as like, hey, can you come on the show and talk about the poll? I've had some of that but not nearly as much. I haven't had nearly as much of, hey, why are we only number 15? How could you possibly only put us number six? Why do you have Oklahoma overrated again? How is Michigan 16 again? Like that stuff just doesn't, like some of it because the teams aren't playing, but some of it because I just don't know if fans are truly activated in the engagement of what will, I, I am interested to know what my team will be like this season. There is some of that without question. There is some of that, but I still, I think fans are behind in wanting to engage in 
what the season will be like, how my team will play, what these players will be like, because they're still basically waiting to find out, is this going to happen? Yeah, I I think you're right about that. I I think even though with each day that passes, the more likely it is Mm -hmm. that the ACC and the Big 12 and the SEC and Conference USA and and the Sun Belt and the American that they play, it's still hard to wrap your brain around because – I feel like most of us felt like on the day that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decided to postpone, that eventually everybody else was going to do that too. I think that's fair. Uh, and I, you're right. I think the, the closer we get, we are in a space now where I believe the next two weeks will be pretty interesting because it's going to involve – Um, I think we've established already that we can keep these teams kind of bubbled, semi-bubbled. I I think now it comes down to, I know we're steering this conversation in a different direction about the sort of the will they play, but I think it it, it now comes down to what level of appetite do university presidents have for staging a football season while staging very little else on their campus not 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 nothing on their campus and and a lot of stuff will be online and and people take online courses already and athletes take a lot of online courses but again we're we're going to be in a weird situation where i think university presidents are going to have to say is this what i want my university to be a staging ground for football i'm going to be i'm going to be the coach of the o and 12 team who goes out on the recruiting trail and come up with my spin on that Mm -hmm. and you know, the, the O and 12 coach is like, yeah, son, we stink, but you could start right now. That's, that's <laughs> his sales pitch. I would say the sales pitch for a university president who has had to take away a lot of in-person classes, who has had to take away a lot of the experience that is being on a college campus is we can give you this, a football game by your team, wearing your colors with your logo and your mascot and it will give you a connection to the school that we've thus far been unable to give you this school year. Mm-hmm. Right. This, this is the connection. There, like there's almost no connection left to a normal school year. We can provide at least some of that. It'll be interesting. Again, I, I do think we're moving towards having it. I, you know, I, I, I think we are more and more likely to start the season. Um, listen, there's a bigger issue here as far as if some of these troubling trends we're seeing on campuses continue and lead to bigger problems like sort of statewide and nationwide where all of a sudden we've had a nice downward trend as far as cases and things like that and if this is not just like a temporary issue but leads to another like oh boy now we're going up again then it becomes with the same questions we've been asking all along can can you test enough uh what does contract contact tracing look like and things along those lines and environmental factors we've talked a ton about that but i i do think um uh, what you're saying is is a good point of like this is the closest thing we might get to a normal college experience this year, yeah. so maybe we should roll with it. Friday was a big day at the Staples House. Why? Because my new case of chicken ribs showed up. That's right, chicken ribs. It is chicken. It tastes like ribs. Authentic smokehouse barbecue. They did all the work. They smoked it low and slow, especially chicken thigh with one bone left through it that you can eat like a rib. It's smothered in pork rub, 
It tastes like pork ribs, but 75% less fat and fewer calories. These things are great. I eat them all the time, which is why I'm so excited I got another case of them. And oh, by the way, I'll take you behind the curtain. Just because they're a sponsor doesn't mean they're sending me this stuff for free. This stuff is so good that I'm just buying it and I'm using my promo code Andy to get $10 off my order because I love it. My son, who never eats anything, loves chicken ribs, and it's just a fantastic, great meal that I can get and have ready in seven minutes. Here's how I do it. Take my chicken ribs. I put them in the air fryer for five minutes. Then I coat them with ever so slightly a layer of sauce, just a little thin layer. Put them back in the air fryer for two minutes. You get that nice candy glaze on them. They are delicious. Great barbecue takes time, but chicken ribs makes it easy. Fully cooked from the smokehouse, chicken ribs are authentic barbecue ready in just minutes. Go to www.chickenribs.com and use the code Andy today to get $10 off plus free two-day shipping. I just did it. Trust me, it works. Who doesn't love perfectly smoked meat for the big game, whether at home or the tailgate or just for dinner? That's www.chickenribs.com and use the code Andy for $10 off plus free two-day shipping. So let's talk about this. We've got games scheduled a week from Thursday. You know, you've got you've got Conference USA games being played a week from Thursday, uh, September eighth. Nope, September tenth. September tenth. You're going to have Miami playing. They'll be the first Power Five team to play. They're supposed to play UAB at home, and then September twelfth, you've got full Big Ten ACC schedule essentially, or it was a Big Twelve ACC schedule, and it's on. I mean, that's not that far away. It is, which again, this becomes more. When you talk about will will they play or not, now it becomes more a more practical conversation about like. Because if you have an outbreak now and you have to shut down, like in the next couple of weeks, we are getting to the point where if there is a problem on your team and you can't practice, you are getting close enough that you might not be able to play. Like, so now a temporary issue, the things that we've seen the last month and a half, oh, we're going to press pause and everything's okay. Two days. Yeah. We isolated this kid. We did that. But now one case a week away or 10 days away from your game, that is a big, big problem because now you have to worry about, can we play? Now you must, you might be able to, but that's what we're going to find out. The, the, the mechanics of how this works in a regular season, when you have one case, two cases, like what does that mean? Can you play through it? Or, or yes, we can play through it, but boy, we're going to play without, eight guys because you know one guy's got it and seven more are in isolation or quarantine i have to use those well let let me give you another potential problem that you're gonna have to deal with what happens when all the acc and big 12 teams play and then they leapfrog the sec teams in the poll because they've played and the sec hasn't played like let's let's say miami which is also receiving votes Mm-hmm. Let's say Derek King looks great for the awesome. first couple yeah. weeks, and and we're like, okay, uh, they don't have Greg Russo, but you know what? They finally got an offense that works. Let's move these guys up to number four. Yeah, the first, the other thing about again, we're storytellers. We're storytellers, and we are people. We are content creators. We are looking for engagement. So the other thing I liked about the idea of having the preseason poll look at everything, and then 
having those teams stripped out is I got to tell you that first poll of the season, which is going to be the first regular season poll won't be after Labor Day because Labor Day weekends kind of has a week zero feel to it. Mm -hmm. There's more and more games and we may change our mind, but as of right now, the first regular season poll is supposed to come out. I believe it's the 13th of September, whatever that That, Sunday is. That makes more sense because that's when you'll have the power five leagues playing that week. And and, and there's a full slate of games, a fairly full slate of games that weekend. So, so yeah, no, what you're saying is interesting because you're right. You're going to have all these teams stripped out. You're going to have a very small sample size. We encourage voters to be like, Hey man, like be, be aggressive. Especially oh, yeah. early I, in the I, when I voted, I love just ripping it down and, and re- restarting from scratch and which is what you're supposed to do. And, and it's funny because I, I'm so glad I haven't once heard anybody say, well, this is going to influence the playoff because we have enough of a sample size to know that the preseason polls have no effect on the, the first playoff ranking. Yeah, we've gone through this to the extent where I, 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 I feel like without doing like, you know, scientific research, but I've seen it enough to know that like I believe the playoff committee has influenced the AP. Agreed. It's gone the other way. Agreed. I think the way they vote, if you see it, it becomes sort of a retrofitted where – you know, the AP has been voting all year, but then the playoff kind of comes out and does its thing. And you'll see the voters sort of conform a little bit to that. Or what you've also had is the voters conforming a little bit to where the playoffs MO is, uh, at least as far as like at the top of the ballot, we're going to, we're going to move things around a little bit. Like Clemson, I know Clemson fans could just went ballistic last year, but Clemson fell to like fourth at one point last year without losing a game. I don't know if that happened 10 or 15 years oh, it, ago. It definitely wouldn't have. The one place where the AP definitely does, I would say, better, or at least, you know, is better to the group of five teams. We are still, the AP voters reward teams. So that, it's that's not because so, they, that's because they don't, not all, some of them do, but not all of them have a critical eye toward the schedule. They just go, oh, you're undefeated. Keep moving you well, up. So, so I know, yeah, you, so, so you think of it in that sense and that's fair and that's fair. But I also think that there's a little bit of this that goes on with AP voters and that is, this is a reward, right? So your six and four SEC, your seven and four SEC team where your coach is going to get fired. Why am I rewarding you when this other team was 11 and one and won its conference? And, and actually, and even though I know like, Team A and Team B on the same field. Team A might not be better. Why am I? Ro- I'm giving you the reward of the number sixteen ranking. Yeah. See, right? see, when I voted, mine was if I put you above a team, it's because I think you could beat that team. Yeah. And if I had and you I below find, a team, it's because that's I think fine. that team would beat you. And right. I didn't look at it as a reward. That's why I was laughed at people and. and it's it's probably the mentality I grew up in when when I somebody'd say, "How could you put this team?" 24th and leave us off your ballot entirely i'm like who cares well there's also second place is the first loser i had that no fear t-shirt man it doesn't matter why you why you arguing over number 24 listen i try to get that across to people and i I love the poll and i will always defend the poll but i also try to get across to people like you look at the difference between 14 and 18 and you see like three teams in there and you think that's a big deal. What I try to get across to people is like, man, that's like 
that's a that's a flip of a coin. It, in a it, lot if of you cases. actually vote, yes, when you, when you vote, and I didn't know this until I was a voter. Fifteen to thirty-five. There's really not a whole, a whole lot of difference. Usually, yeah. most years, and I would agree. And with that. and you can have games between those teams that could radically change. Like you could have a team that that you you think is not even in the next four out, but you think is okay. They could play your number fifteen team, and you'd be like, oh. Okay, I had that off because it just it's the separation is pretty big between usually between two and three, and then again between like eight and nine, but then it just gets real tight. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I think fifteen to thirty-five is probably a pretty good get. You know, it'll change a little bit from year to year where that line is, but I think fifteen to thirty-five is probably a pretty good way to look at it. And yeah, so like you know, we're gonna have again this the the, the first regular season poll is gonna look really weird. Like you're gonna see, I think Virginia Tech will probably be ranked, and App State will probably be ranked. You know, again, depending on what maybe if you get an early season upset. Let let's just play this one out because I know I don't know any of the schedules. You know, the funny thing is, I still I'm I have the old schedules memorized still. <laughs> yeah. I, exactly. I know like a lot of Notre Dame schedule that was previous, but. But I do know that they're opening with Wake, right? I'm pretty sure Notre Dame and Wake mm-hmm. play. No, no, no. I'm no. sorry. Clemson and Wake. Clemson and Wake. Yes. I knew Wake played somebody good. Let's say, it's crazy, I know, but let's say Wake upsets Clemson the first weekend of the, of the season. Like, Wake is a top 10 team now when yes. the first poll Agreed. comes out or something like that. And, so, and everybody goes back to watch that QB one show that Sam Hartman was on. Right. So, so I, I only bring that up because they're, they're right. There will be some results in that first weekend and you'll see teams shoot into the, we're going to have a whole bunch of teams scattered in anyway, but it'll be interesting to see the way voters balance the very, very small sample size with hey, you know, I really like that team coming into the season, and I know they haven't played yet. Maybe I like this. Maybe it's somebody who liked Tennessee and they were 26th or 27th, and they haven't played yet, but I'm going to throw a team that, like, you know, Tennessee in there or another SEC team, even though they haven't played, as opposed to maybe somebody that had a pretty nice victory the first weekend of the season, but I don't really know how good either of those teams are. So the first, listen, the first regular season poll really is going to be almost like a second preseason poll. I would say that any SEC team that is outside of the current top 11. So you, you've got five in the top 11 right now. You've got Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, and Auburn. Any SEC team that starts out 2-0 and or 3-0 and is going to be a top five team if they're outside of that group. They're going to jump into the top five. Just because of the way that schedule breaks down and, and, and the perception of strength of schedule. And that, that's another thing. And, and I've thought about this with the playoff. It's, it's not important with the AP poll because it doesn't decide who plays in the playoff. But the playoff committee does. How are they supposed to compare schedules when they have zero data points between Power 5 leagues because no Power 5 team plays a Power 5 team for another conference? It's a problem. You know, I think sometimes it's funny when during the the last few seasons, we have made very big deals out of these very big deals out of these non-conference games, these big non-conference games. You know, we talked about Auburn, Oregon last year. And, And after it's over, you know, to a certain degree, we get 
a lot of like, oh, it, don't overhype one game. It's not fair to overhype one game. But when you enter a season like this and you don't have even those small data points, that small sample size, you're going to realize how much you miss it. Yeah. Right. Because you're just you're basically going just off your you own your own idea based on previous years of I think this conference is better than this conference. Well, yeah. we don't know that because this is a different year. We have no idea. I mean, we we suspect that the SEC is the strongest conference still playing. We suspect that the ACC beyond Clemson, Notre Dame, maybe Louisville, maybe maybe Vir- we don't know. We have no yeah. idea. But maybe Miami's really good this year. Maybe Florida State is much better this year. Maybe they are more top-heavy in the ACC than we know. But we have no idea to know whether that matters because we don't have, you know, Florida, Florida State or anything like that to give us an idea of what it means. But I will say this, and you, I, I think you acknowledge this too. Usually, again, as we said, the top two or three, maybe number four. Usually we have an argument about number four, but the top two, maybe three. We all pretty much agree on. Yeah, they usually pretty much agree on, and your eyes don't lie. I mean, you, you kind of know. Like, I mean, again, we've, we've gone through this with Clemson the last couple of years because Clemson has been a, uh, you know, a wagon rolling through the ACC. But listen, I know they're good. <laughs> like, I understand you, you that put the, Clemson the in the Big Ten or good, you put them in the I SEC, see, they're still going to be really good. <laughs> yeah, like we don't, we, you don't need to be a football genius here to watch that team and say, like, that's a really good football team and that's one of the best teams in the conference. So – I think at the very top, they should generally be okay in identifying that, hey, Alabama is really good. Who knew? Um, you know, I think they'll, they'll be all right with that. Where it would be super interesting to me is with these group of five teams, because we talk about with the, how the AP generally t- treats them better. Like when we see a a four and four SEC team, like four and four Tennessee above eight and O app state or seven and one Louisiana tech, like that's going to feel weird. And, and I don't know if that's going to be entirely fair. I mean, how, how much do we want to go into these, well, you know, I want to go into the group Baylor, of five thing. Baylor's five and, yeah. uh, you know, four, four and four, but they're still ahead of some other, you know, very good uh, group of five team. Well, I want to go into the group of five thing because I think the American may wind up being the league that gets the most positives coming out of this because they're getting better. They're getting better TV slots for sure. We already know that. So they're going to get a better platform to display Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, Temple, Navy, Memphis. These are programs that have been pretty good over the last few years. I mean, think about it this way, Ralph. Cincinnati is the only FBS team in the state of Ohio playing football. It, I know. It, it's crazy. And, oh, by the way, they might be the favorite in that league this year. They are pretty good. And you're right. They will Now, they will also have the other problem that, that the American has run into over the last couple of years and that they – like like a like a power five conference, so pop to to Michael Resco's power six, right? They have the issue in that conference that the some of the power five conferences will will fall back on in that we eat our own, correct? Right? 
we have a we have a strong upper tier and we knock each other off. And listen, last year if, if Cincinnati wins the the American championship game, which had to be played two straight way, right? The the back to back games against, against Memphis. Memphis. Yep. If those games get split and as opposed to Memphis winning both of them, Boise State is probably Correct. in the, the New Year's Six as opposed to the AAC. So if I'm the Sun Belt and Conference USA this year, and I'm thinking, boy, this is definitely the year I want one team to be really, really good. Now, Sun Belt might have that because App State is really, really good. Though Louisiana Lafayette's pretty good too, so that could be a problem there. Frankly, I don't know what the deal is with Conference USA. If they've have, they've been a pretty, they've been the league that's taken a real step back, and I don't know if they have a team that's capable of being dominant. But I want Charlotte a dominant Forty Niners, baby, watch out. Maybe. Maybe maybe it's healing in the now 49ers. They got to they play North Carolina, so we'll have a good idea. You know what? And there's a, a couple of a couple of those games from the, Sun Belt. The, the team and, that hey, wins one of those games is going to be is going to have the golden ticket for the rankings. I've got the perfect one for you. Okay, Louisiana opens the season at Ames against Iowa State. Yes, pretty pretty good Iowa State team. Let's say they pull off an upset there roll out to a really good season in the Sun Belt, and Iowa State ends up being pretty good because you know, where Iowa yeah. State nowadays is a team that you can rely on to be pretty good. Maybe that's their golden ticket. It's, it is going to be fascinating. It really is because one of the things that, that we've talked about on this show, Ralph, is the possibility of what if the American champ makes the playoff? I mean, it, yeah. it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. I still think it's probably going to be three power five, three power five leagues with four teams. Yeah. But I mean, if one of those teams goes undefeated, whether it's Cincinnati, UCF, because I think I think the committee is going to respect the depth of the American this year enough to know that if somebody gets through it undefeated, that's pretty good. I would think so. Plus. You know, again, it, it, it's supposed to be about this season, but we know it's about building up credibility over time, right? We saw UCF the year that they were had their best team got totally hosed by the playoff committee, right? It, they were begging for, for yeah, they for had no shot of making the playoff, playoff that year, right? But the next year, when they weren't quite as good, they were actually getting ranked better by the playoff committee. Now, that happens with the AP poll, too, though, again, I think the AP is a little more aggressive in ranking and, those and, teams. And let's be honest, that happens with Power 5 leagues, too, with certain teams. I mean, we does. saw we saw it with Clemson over the years where people didn't quite believe, people didn't quite believe, people didn't, and now, they, of course, they believe. They built up credibility over time. So I would wonder if, if, if UCF rolls out to another – undefeated season having come off of three years where they've only lost four total games and they only lost, they lost three games by seven points last year. If now they've built up enough credibility, as you say, playing off of the idea that the Americans pretty good now, you know, maybe we do have to respect them, especially if these other leagues really do start cannibalizing themselves. If it's Alabama and a bunch of three lost teams in the SEC, if it's the if it's Oklahoma and a bunch of three lost teams in the Big 10 or excuse me in the Big 12, if it's Clemson and a mishmash of of four three and four lost teams in the ACC, are you really going to put a a three or four loss a three lost team in there? I mean, again, if, if these teams are all playing each other, these losses have to pile up. Yeah. There's going to be a really good power five team with two or three I, losses. I think we're going to see 
I think we might see our first two loss playoff team this year if we don't see our first group of five. I don't playoff see how team. we cannot. Yeah. I don't see how we cannot. Well, These teams are just playing each other too much not to accumulate losses. The the UCF thing's really interesting, and I'll tell you why. So in the revised ACC schedule, Georgia Tech opens its season in Tallahassee against Florida State on September 12th. That's going to be a, a tough game for Georgia Tech and Jeff Collins is still trying to, you know, change the offense around their year past, you know, moving past the option, but it's hard to change that roster overnight. So you got that game, which is not going to be easy. Then you go home and you play a UCF team that's that's going to be opening its season that, by the way, is a veteran-heavy team yeah. that they, they already know what they're doing. Nothing's changed for them for the most part, and they're going to be looking for style points on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's their opportunity. I mean, again, you're right. Georgia, we don't expect a lot out of Georgia Tech. Maybe they take a small step forward this year, and a small step means – uh, you know, three and eight or four and six. Four and six would actually be a big step. Well, they have eleven games, so if 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 Jeff Collins can get to four wins this year, I, I think I, they're going to. I think they're happy. going to get good eventually. I just think I there's too. it's going to take some time. But you know, again, it, it always goes back to that transitive property, right? Like if UCF does just roll it up on Georgia Tech, and all of a sudden at the end of the year we look at Georgia Tech and there four and six in the ACC with some respectable wins and some respectable games. Uh, and, and you can sort of do the, well, they played this team this way. What did, and, what did Clemson beat them by on the same field? Or Notre Dame or Louisville. And you saw like, maybe they hang with Notre Dame. I can't remember if that's in Atlanta or, or, or in South Bend, but they hang also with Notre Dame. And meanwhile, UCF saying, hey, man, we dusted that team by 40. <laughs> you know, It's, it's going to be – a fascinating season. It's going to be a fascinating second Associated Press poll. First one was interesting enough, Ralph. I cannot wait till you're listening to the show and I'm complaining about the poll and you're texting me hours after we've recorded and I'm like, wait a second, did I say that? Oh yeah, I said it on the podcast. Wait till we come to the winter and we're and we're ranking the uh, the the Big Ten and Pac-12 teams. In, now, did, in you do, did you only do like a top fifteen? Because you only have four leagues instead of instead of six, to be determined. Uh, but I will say this: we are determined to rank them if they're playing a real season. I mean, it, it if it's glorified spring ball, then maybe not. But if they're playing legit games, and let me—I know you want to—I know you want to get rid of me because we've talked long enough. Oh no, no, I was—I was, was going to be the Field of Dreams voice. If you play them, Ralph will rank. If Without you play question. them. Ralph will rank. How much different would the conversation around the Big Ten have been if on the day that they announced that they were going to not play the fall season, they also announced, but look at this idea that we have. We have these three domes, four domes, and we're going to play two to three games per day in those domes. And our season will start at the Big Ten Jamboree. The January Jamboree. Now, they may still come up with that plan, but I'm just saying if they had had that plan. conversation would be completely different now, and I'm entirely with you, and I don't understand what the hell they were talking about for five months. Ari Wasserman and I talked about this, and, and we said, you know, look, you had a month to talk about Tiger King, and then that's over. What were you talking about for the other four months that didn't include, wait, if we got to cancel this thing, how do we do it in the spring? Like, how does that conversation not happen? 
because the plan that they're dealing that they're working on now sounds really cool. If you can pull it off, it sounds pretty great. Damn cool. Then tell me that on the day that you postpone. Right, and it would totally it would totally have changed the conversation. You would have said it. Would, listen, people still would have been pissed, but I just think it, you would have modified some of that to a certain degree. But again, if they can pull it off, we'll try. And especially if all the conferences can pull it off, it's just one, maybe not. But if we get four conferences worth of football teams playing legitimate games starting in January, going to rank them too. I am here for the Big Ten January Jamboree to figure out who comes in second behind Ohio State. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Thank you, Ralph Russo. Thanks, Andy.